You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Welcome to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on right now. You throw down $5 on a uh, Super Bowl game, and you know what? If uh, that team hits, you get $280 in free plays for new customers. That's simple, that easy. All right. There's few people that are more synonymous with Arizona football than the man that I'm about to talk with, and that's Mr. Lamont Lovett. Lamont, how you doing, my man? I'm doing great, Mike. Uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I was telling you a little bit off air, but I'm going to tell people when I told my mom today who I was having on, she was kind of starstruck. She she says, well, we've been listening to him for 15, oh, what, 15, 20 years. And I said, yep, got him on. So um, again, really, really appreciate you coming on. So yeah, it's a pleasure. I like your podcast. I've been listening to it uh, since you started it up and yeah. uh, I've, I've been impressed with the guests yeah. and the way you're doing it. Everything's good, man. Love it. Right. It's a blast. So let's talk some current U of A football. Then I want to kind of go back to the Lamont Lovett, you know, uh, Odyssey and how you got there, your playing day and whatnot. So, you know, some people, I think, on the recruiting trail, they just kind of get it, you know, and talking with a lot of the kids that are going to be coming in here that you're going to be calling their names a lot next season. The first thing that they talk about is that Jed Fish made me feel wanted. Jed Fish made me feel wanted more so than almost any other person any other coach that was out there. And a lot of these guys, keep in mind, could have gone to Oregon, could have gone to SC. And when you're watching it up close and you were obviously a high-level Division One athlete, how much does that mean for a recruit like that? Oh, it means a lot, you know, and he, he understands the importance of not just recruiting, you know, the player, but recruiting their family. And um, he does, a, you know, like Brian Kelly, their family, you know, he does a good job of just, you know, <laughs> Um, really connecting with the families and connecting with the players. And and really, um, he's just so good. I mean, he's good from the standpoint of he's kind of – he definitely has that it factor. When we first met him, uh, we were all kind of taking that wait-and-see approach, you know, when he got here because we didn't really know. Um, we hadn't, you know, really followed him a lot and not, didn't know a lot about him. But he got right out in front of us and he started doing the work 
of building the relationship with the players and with the team right away. And it, and it kind of showed us already that he kind of had chops like this dude knows what he's doing because he won us over really quickly. And then he outlined, you know, his program and, and, and his his organization and what he was looking to do. Um, brought in his coaches and let him on multiple Zoom calls, let him talk to us and really give us the rundown. And and I was sold on him really quickly. And and um, so it doesn't surprise me that he's having the success that he's having on the recruiting trail because it's, it, it's like a well-oiled machine. And these guys, are they outwork everybody in our conference. And this is what they're going to find out the hard way, that you're not going to outwork this, this staff. You're not going to outwork Jetfish. Um, and and, and you know, I think he's going to be here <laughs> to stay. He kind of proved that. Um, this year that uh, he's going to be a problem if if you if you overlook him we you know, do it at your own peril. we had brandon sanders on this was probably about two three weeks ago and brandon said something and keep in mind you know when i was growing up i was in awe of brandon sanders because i've never seen somebody that was literally five foot i mean five eight 170 that could hit like him that could do everything like him and when brandon brandon said that you know i was kind of a i was kind of in shock when he reached out to me about this position i was like and but that goes to show me too that he gets it because Arizona football has a proud tradition, Lamont, as you know better than anybody out there. And this is a group of guys out there that want to be involved in this. So, you know, from an outsider's perspective, you might be thinking, you know, well, yeah, no dub, but you know what? It's something that needs to be done. And that was the first step. And I think that's that's what you were talking about right there with Jed reaching out to you. And like you said, I was sold pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, when he, you know, he when he already they told us right away that we also plan to have some some you know some Arizona blood on the staff. We're not just bringing our guys in here. You know, I mean, you knocked it out of the park. I mean, you get legends, Chuck Cecil, and you get you know Ricky Hundley on the staff. I mean, right then and there, you kind of you could shut it down right there and be like, okay, we're good. But then you bring in Brandon Sanders, who just really does a tremendous job of just connecting with the the present and the past, and and he's a legend in his own right. Um, I mean, just. We just three legends right there uh, for Arizona football and um, all of them, great personalities, all of them, dynamic personalities, all of them in the coaching profession, um, all of them played in the pros. Um, I mean, <laughs> right. It's, it's really a no brainer, to be honest, if you think about it. And it, it kind of drove me crazy that, you know, just between me, you and the walls, that that other staffs didn't look harder at these guys and bring these guys in right away because it just made so much sense to me. And, it's, and it wasn't just you know, the fact that they played here, but it's the fact that they played here and the fact that they all were in the NFL and they all coached. And, you know, right. um, one was a head coach, Brandon was a head coach, and Chuck was an offensive court, I mean, a defensive coordinator in the NFL, and Ricky was a defensive line coach in the NFL. I'm like, what <laughs> What more do you need to know? You know, you want those type of guys around your players. You want those type of guys influencing your players because, I mean, that's that just makes sense, you know? Right. It makes it makes perfect sense. And there's a passion, though, that I think that you guys have. Now, let's talk a little bit about this past season. Now, I know everybody knows one in 11. I get that. But Arizona was so much more competitive, though, in yeah. games than they had been in previous seasons. You know, you look at a game like a Utah and come to find out Utah was, you know, pretty darn good. There yeah. was a lot of games like that where, you know what, Arizona didn't win, but there was an effort level. There was a a team camaraderie type that you hadn't maybe seen in past years. So to me, if you just want to take the one in 11 approach, okay, whatever. But Lamont, to me, that's a little bit shallow when you consider everything the coach fish had and how they battled this past year. Um, I couldn't have summed it up better than that. It's definitely shallow. If, if you know what you're looking at, 
if you if you watch the sport and you watch football, you understand that the team got better during the mm-hmm. course of the year. You understand if you saw them the previous season and you saw them this season, you understand that they were so much tougher and, and competitive. Um, and, you know, they, we, we obviously knew that, um, you know, they were going to win a Pac-12 championship in year one. We didn't know how many victories they were going to get out of it. And, and a lot of the guys even cautioned me, said, hey, don't, you know, we're going to get better. We're going to head in the right direction, but it may be a little rocky along the way. And it was, but for me, I was so, you know, I was not discouraged at all because I understand where they came from. I understand these are basically the same nucleus of players and they were just tremendously more competitive. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they, and, and they really, honestly, they, they had a couple of teams that they, you could, you could argue they could have won the game. I mean, right. the Utah game, they were going blow for blow with Utah till the end of the game. UCLA, blow for blow with UCLA until mm-hmm. the quarterback got injured. I mean, they should have beat Washington. Right. I mean, right off the bat, they, 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 they're immediately competitive. And it really reminds me, honestly, it reminds me of a lot of when, when Mike Stoops got here. It was the same thing. Remember when he got here initially, the teams, they were they struggled a little in terms of wins and losses. But you always saw them slowly getting better and you saw them becoming more competitive. And you saw them getting more and more guys on the team with winning attitudes, come from winning programs. And I mean, the, all those elements are here again. It's It's all lining up the same way. So. You know, I'm just glad to, to be able to be on board and to watch this thing grow because I it's definitely headed in the right direction. You made a great point about Mike Stoops because I still think back to that first season and obviously everybody knows about the McAvick era. But when I knew that things were headed in the right direction, I believe it was the Wisconsin game at home where, you know, Arizona ends up losing at the, uh, at the end. But, you know, it was like I want to say it was a 9-6 game or something like that. I'm like, man, I'm seeing some fight. I'm seeing some battle that I haven't seen here before. And in football, Football, you know, I mean, you only one of us played Division One football, and I'm going to give the people a hint out there. It wasn't me. So, I mean, you know that better than anybody, though, that it's, you know, you've got to buy in there. You've got guys that are buying in. Now, let me ask you this from, you know, from an expert bird's eye view. What are you looking for for next year then? You've obviously got a new quarterback coming in top 20 type recruiting class. What is Lamont Lovett looking for next year? Not necessarily wins and losses, but just on the field production. I'm just looking for the continued improvement. I'm looking for the offense to take some more steps forward um, with improved quarterback play and with another, with, uh, you know, another year in the system um, that, you know, now they're not going to be doing so much teaching. They can do a little bit more of, of perfecting and, and, you know, cause they can, they have some guys here already that, you know, they can, they can go, get through the summer, get me get through the spring, get to the summer. And, and you'll st- I think, you know, you're going to see a sharper team going into the season um, without as many questioned uh, marks. And I also, you know, I mean, let's be honest, there's been a big infusion of talent that's, that's gotten here. And um, you, you, you're, you know, you're crazy if you think that that's not going to pay dividends. I mean, coach, uh, you know, coach fish understands the importance of, of uh, improving their roster and that that's what they went out and did. They put, they put the focus on getting, getting more talent here. And um, I just can't wait to see these guys get into the program, you know, let, let uh, Tyler Owens get his hands on them mm-hmm. or developing these kids and then, and then just watching these guys blossom. I mean, it's hard to not get excited um, when you get the California, you know, offensive player of the year. I mean, that's, that's right. just mind blowing. Those are the people that you never see come to Arizona, and, to, and for him to do that after year one, it's just it's mind-boggling. I'm talking about T-Mac mm-hmm. um, and, and just the inroads that they've made recruiting. You know, one of the things that 
that really kind of blown me away if we're talking about recruiting again it's hard to get away from it because it was it's been so positive but i was thinking today like we've literally gotten into um modern day we've got players from um you know Servite, bosco Servite. i right. mean those are still just schools that you just you know those those names you know it's just not hearing Arizona synonymous with it's usually USC that you're in. Then mm-hmm. in Arizona, you know we got a kid from Chandler, we got kids, two kids from we got from Hamilton, right? I mean, right out the gate, I mean he's in. We got a kid from St. Thomas Aquinas. We've gotten, I mean they're 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 building some inroads around the country, and and those are the types of things when you get players from those programs, you know you you've got relationships now with those programs, and and then you got the the family members, and and, and I mean. Once you start that ball rolling, man, it's it's a beautiful thing, you know, and, and, and I really feel that this is what this staff has done. And uh, it's just exciting stuff, stuff hard to not be excited about. All right. I want to get here into the uh, Lamont and love it, you know, playing, then broadcasting here in just a second. But again, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Here's the deal. You throw down five dollars on the Super Bowl. You know what? If that team wins, you get two hundred and eighty dollars in free plays. Lamont, who do you like? As far as the Super Bowl goes, yeah. Who do you think is going to win? Oh, I'm 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 for the Rams. I'm I'm rooting for the Rams. Um, California native. Yeah, I, I I feel like the Rams got a really good shot at it. Uh, I'm impressed with Cincinnati. I, it's going to be a great game. Mm-hmm. I, truth be told, I'm a Chiefs fan, so my heart's crushed already. But right, you know that's okay. Um, Lamont, you guys aren't um, going. In. Chiefs aren't going anywhere though. Yeah, yeah. I think they they. I think they'll be around. Uh, right. But I'm definitely impressed with the Rams, and 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 I've I've been following, and especially. You know, I, I kind of feel like, hey, I'm, I'm from L.A. And then, two, mm-hmm. you know, Coach Fish was on their staff. And I know that a lot of stuff we do, you know, we, we, we mirror a lot of things that the Rams are doing. So I kept my I've been yeah. keeping my eye on them. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a that's my second favorite team right now. So, yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. OK, so eligibility restrictions apply 21 and up Arizona only got a gambling issue. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. All right, Lamont, you're a Dick Tomey guy. So you were recruit. I want you to t- take us through first and foremost. I was talking with uh, I was talking with Dave Hickey a while back about uh, about the big thing that they wanted was a family type atmosphere around here. Where when you think Dick Tomey, that's what everybody thinks about. Tell talk to us a little bit about your high school career, who you're looking at, and Dick Tomey coming into your life. How how did that all transpire? Yeah, I'm, I'm from Southern California. Um, I went to school, uh, Benjamin Franklin High School. It's in uh, it's a place called Highland Park. It's right bordering Pasadena. Mm-hmm. I lived in South Pasadena. And um, yeah, I, you know, I was obviously I played running back in high school. Um, I was really not highly recruited until my, my senior year, my junior year. I rushed for 900 yards. No one really knew who I was. And then my senior year, um, I rushed for 2,333 yards and 28 touchdowns. And I was right. leading the state of California and rushing for most of the season. And all of a sudden I was getting recruited by, you know, the Pac-10 Pac at the time. And, um, you know, so I started getting recruited, started talking to the USC, started talking to, you know, uh, um, Oregon State was a school. I, I took a trip to Cal. Washington was recruiting me. And, um, and then Arizona um, was recruiting me. And uh, took trips to all of those uh, those places. And um, for one thing, one thing, if people know me, they know how much I hate uh, bad weather. Mm-hmm. And so, first thing is, you know, I took a trip to Oregon State, and, uh, and I was <laughs> flying in. You know, the fog was so thick I couldn't see anything when the plane was landing. And then we, it rained the whole time. I was like, "Shit!" You're <laughs> like, "I'm out of here." Yeah, that was not going to work. And then, um, you know, I went to Berkeley, which I actually I, I thought I was going to go there for a while because they were recruiting me pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it came down to them in Arizona. 
and, uh, and and actually Washington was recruiting me for like three years. And then one weekend they got, you know, they signed three running backs in one weekend and I was supposed to go, go up there the next weekend. They signed. And Washington's at the apex of college football at that point. Yeah. Yeah. They signed three superstars too. So it was like, I'm off the list. Right. I really wanted to go there too. But then I, I took my trip to Tucson. And of course, you know, everybody who's been in Tucson, you see Tucson in December. I mean, come on, man. I, I came out here in December. I'm used to be from Southern Cal. I was right by the mountains, but they were so smoggy. You couldn't see them all the time. Right. And here in Tucson, 75 degrees. Right. Beautiful. You could see the mountains crystal clear. And I was like, yeah, this is this is what I'm looking for. And it was a small town atmosphere that I kind of wanted. I was trying to get away from the big city because when you grow up in L.A., you know, either you you love it or either you maybe you're looking for something different. Right. I kind of want I was thinking for college, it'd be nice to, to you know, be in a, a place where I could concentrate and, and you know, kind of, you know, make my life there. And, and you know, everything that uh, I, I got, coach told me. Um, started uh they started out recruiting me Dwayne Aquino was my lead recruiter mm-hmm. he was just a tremendous recruiter um he, he built such a great relationship with me and um did he try me. to get you to become a DB be honest no 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 he never did he, he recruited <laughs> me for for running back but right. funny story is when I came when I came out here on my trip I don't really think coach Tommy knew that much about me I think Dwayne was like you know you need to see this guy and I get here on, on my trip and he said, bring your, um, bring your, you know, bring a game with you, bring like some video with you. Right. I was like, okay. So I brought, you know, my best game season. And I, um, we were at uh, coach Tommy's, you know, house up in the foothills and um, uh, it was a bunch of recruits over and, you know, he, I don't think he said two words to me that night. And then Dwayne said, hey, why don't you put your video in? So I put my, my, my game in. It was a game where I ran for like 280 yards in the game and had right. like four touchdowns and I had like a, Two seventy-yard touchdowns, and like by the time the, the first the first uh, run, I ripped off a run. Coach told me, he says, "Who's that?" And then he says, "So this is him right here." And he was like, and "Then he, as it kept playing, I rip off another run." By the end of the night, Tommy's got his arm around me. <laughs> he's, he's, nobody else. He's walking with me the whole night with his arm around me. He's like, "You know, we got a scholarship for you, right? You know, we got a scholarship for you." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." And everybody else is looking at me like, "Dang!" It was, but it was kind of cool. It was it was a neat experience for me. Like, because, like I said, they didn't really want to pay that much attention to me. Then after that, the next day, you know, Tommy made sure to, to, to catch me again at dinner, at breakfast, and, and, and everything, and say, "Hey, I just want you to know that, that you know you're a priority for us." And blah blah. blah. So I mean, I was, I was sold. I was sold. It was it was pretty easy to, to you know to commit here. And, and the rest you were, of the you were in an in, a very interesting era for Arizona football because in about kind of that two year window, basically the entire nucleus of that team that would go on. You know, the, you know, either maybe not quite on the team, but the team that, you know, the uh, kind of pushed each other to get to that next level, that desert swarm level. Did you know when you were coming in early 90s that you had, you know, so much talent around? And I know there was a time when Tommy just said, man, we're going to just start playing the freshmen. We're just going to start playing these kids. Did you have any idea what was eventually going to be able to come of all that? Um, I mean, we felt good about where we were when it got here. Because when I got here, you know, there were like a seven type of, you know, win team mm-hmm. when, I got, when I got here. And my, the first year we went to the inaugural Copper Bowl and mm-hmm. won that against North Carolina State. And we pretty much won a bowl game most of the time that I was here. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I expected some success. But th- then it, um, you know, we, it's funny. We, we had some de- pretty decent success in the beginning. And then we kind of fell off. We had like a crazy season where like we had like it was like once one spring we had like 10 knee injuries on our team at once. And it was like 
we really struggled that year. Um, but I think we ended up going to the Aloha Bowl or something like that. Um, but it was just a, a lot of people, we, a lot of people got injured and it was kind of, we kind of struggled a little bit that season. And then um, during that spring, they changed uh, the defense around. They brought in this, you know, uh, double legal flex. Double legal flex. Yeah. And they moved, you know, some guys around and, I knew right away that spring, man, when I was running against that defense, like this, like something's different, man. Cause I just remember on a goal line play where I, they were, uh, it was in spring ball. They were, I was taking a handoff and I could see Rob Waldrop, like <laughs> absolutely like throw the center. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't even have the ball in my hands yet. I was like, right. oh, oh my God. Right. It, you just knew it was different that, that, that they were, the defense all of a sudden was just monstrous. Like we couldn't move the ball on them. So, we knew like we had something different, but we didn't really realize how how good they were going to be until the season started. And, and um, even in that year, you know, we had some some serious ups and downs in that year. The defense was always good, but you know, our offense was trying to find their way. And a, a really a, a turning point for us was uh, we played Oregon State up mm-hmm. there, and that they were um, considered the worst team in the country. There was like an article in Sports Illustrated that said they were the worst team in the entire country. Right. And we went up there and played them and we tied with them. <laughs> right. Right. Rain. And I just, we were so crushed after that. Um, but we also felt like we still were, you know, we were better than that. We just we knew that for some reason we were underachieving. And um, we just kind of came together under those circumstances. Coach Tony had some serious talks. I remember he was so, he was in so much pain. I remember um, getting onto the plane that night that he was, uh, he, he stopped before he told the pilot to stop and not, not take off. And, he told the whole team to, you know, gather around, and he just says, "I don't care what anybody says about us." And he was just like, you know, we're 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 a team. We're like a fist, you know. And he was like, "We're going to stay together through this, no matter what." And he was like, kind of tearing up when he was talking to us, and it just was kind of one of those moments where it was just kind of a turning point, you know. Right. I think we went on like a six-game winning streak. Um, we we well after that we were supposed to play Miami the next week after losing right. to the worst well time with mm-hmm. the worst in the country. We played the number one team in the country the next week. Yeah, we up there. Um, I just remember when we were, you know, walking onto the field. I just remember when we walked through this gauntlet of police officers, and they right. were laugh- they were laughing at us. They were like going like, <laughs> like when we were walking by and everything. And Did you think that a kick was going to end up deciding the game? That it was going to be that close? No, 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 no. Well, we got that when we got there. We just were loose. We were just like we don't have anything to lose anyway. And, we, and one thing we said was, you know, we we're looking at the film. We were like, these guys are really good. But we also know that our defense is going to really beat these guys down. We, we just knew from looking at the film, we were like, if they right. do that stuff against us, they're going to be in trouble, you know. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, they were doing those regular drops and doing the regular, you know, just like we're Miami. Right. The defense was beating the tar out of them, you know. I mean, they were just getting killed. And then we were we were actually starting to move the ball on them after all. And after a while, when it got into the third, deep into the third quarter, we were like, uh, we can win this game. Right, right. And that's when it just it just changed. And after that game, and I, it's funny, I heard Brandon talking about that. I just remember after the game that we were so torn up in the locker room because, you know, we just went off of a, it was like a roller coaster. We went from, you know, the lowest of lows to, to thinking that we were going to upset, you know, the number one team in the country where no one thought we had any business to be in there. Then when we walked off the field, the, 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 the Miami crowd was applauding us. They were like, you guys are good, you know, and, and, right. and so in the locker room, I just remember, you know, Brandon and some other guys saying that, you know what? We're not losing any more games. We're not going to lose any more games. And everybody just was kind of like, we're not going to lose any more games. And like we won like a six-game winning streak, you know. 
Right. Um, and we ended up, you know, we, we, we had to, we, we ended up beating Washington, the number one team in the nation that mm-hmm. year. Um, and so just that's, that was the birth of like the deserts for him. You know, that was kind of the birth of it all. And I remember the funniest thing, one a great story is we were playing Cal. And I remember, um, at, while we were, the, while the game was going, we were kind of whooping cows. We kind of beat Cal up and we were in, in the locker room. Teddy Bruce, goes, you know what they're calling us now? We were like, what? He goes, someone says, they're calling us the desert swarm. And everybody was like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> and, it just kinda, and then it just kind of stuck from there, you know? Right. And so that was a really fun time, you know, to, to be a wildcat and just, you know, the team was so, we, we were close and it, and it was just, it was just great watching and it was such a community. You know what it was, Lamont, too? It was such from an outsider perspective. And keep in mind, I'm like eight, I'm like eight or eight at the time. But mm-hmm. it was such a community feel, though. And you mm-hmm. felt fully invested in this. Everybody knew kind of who everyone was, like, mm-hmm. you know, and you could see that something was building, too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where that's what was exciting about everything that you guys were able to put down that template. Now, let me ask you this. Did the city realize? During, you know, from about 87 to 98, did the city realize what we had in Dick Tomey? I think some people did. I think some people, um, you know, I think one of the things probably that uh, we, we weren't as ex- we weren't as exciting on offense as maybe people liked. And so and he he had this mentality. He had a very defensive mentality. You know what they say, offense sells tickets, defense wins championships. And right. I just so I don't know if they really appreciated what this team accomplished, you know, with what right. they had to work with, and we were considered maybe middle of the road facilities during the time. But you know what the stat that I always bring up to people is: you guys in the '90s had the second most wins of any team in the Pac-10. That's right. There's no other. Uh, you can't spin that any other way, Lamont. That's Arizona right. football in the 1990s, by any metric, was no joke. No, it, it was not a joke. And, and, and it's funny. I talked to a lot of guys during that time, uh, guys from USC, because I was from Southern Cal that said, man, you know, we beat you guys a lot, but we always knew that we were going to be in for a fight when we played you guys. And, and and that was just, that was what Coach Tommy was, man. He was a guy that he had this fighter's mentality. He would not allow us to ever not be the toughest team on the field. And and he just, you know, he coached us that way. And we didn't believe we were going to ever lose the game. Even though we, we would lose the game, he he made you believe that you could beat anybody right. at any time. And it manifested, you know, when we upset, you know, the number one team in the country. And it manifested, you know, in the Fiesta Bowl when we beat the dog out of Miami. And we beat some, you know, we beat some, he, he had some great accomplishments. Uh, I was reading, here. yeah. I was reading an article, this was back, um, Gosh, it's probably about 10 years ago. I was reading an article about uh, Miami football, and I can't remember who it was, but he was talking about uh, the uh, – it was Ray Lewis, and it was just like a quick little quip about the Arizona uh, – about playing Arizona. And he said, honestly, he said, the only guy that we had really – that I had really heard of was Chuck Levy just because he was a massive recruit out of Linwood. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And they didn't – you know, they didn't take Arizona seriously. And then – oh, by the way – 29 nothing later, Arizona football's on the map at that point. Yeah, what what I remember about that Fiesta Bowl week was uh, the entire week, Miami was all over Phoenix. They were in the clubs and everything, and they were just, you know, just everywhere and talking about what they were going to do. And, again, it was one of these things like we played them already, and we had already kind of beat them up when we played them a couple of years ago. And when we saw them this time, we are like, this team is not even as good right. as the team that was the number one team in the nation. So we were like – 
if they put this crap out on the field, we're going to beat the crap out of them. And, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much, you know, they they ran all the same stuff and we just murdered them in the game. And we kind of knew. And it, I got a funny story for you. Uh, they had a linebacker. Uh, their starting linebacker was Bob Marley's son. His name was Rohan Marley. Mm-hmm. And uh, before the game started, I was walking out, you know, for Sunday was stadium. I'm walking out onto the field, getting ready to warm up. <laughs> and I smell like, you know, I smell weed. Right. And I looked to, I was like, who the heck is smoking? And I looked to the right and I see him just like big toe <laughs> and just blowing it out right before the game starts. And uh, I was like, you're like, man, you're in, you're in for a long, you're in for a long yeah, afternoon. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, I went up against him a lot in that game. Let's just say I, I won a lot of those battles. Uh, right. Which is pretty funny that, uh, you know that's you know what they're doing before the game, you know. <laughs> you really were. You know what's funny too is you were really in an impressive backfield. Where I mean, you played in an era where you've got you know, and guys were kind of you know spread out. You weren't all the same class, but you got a Lamont Lovett. You've got later on an Antoine Carter. You got a Chuck Levy, who's kind of this option quarterback that becomes receiver. You got other guys like a Billy Johnson. I mean, you got. I mean, that running back room was loaded, Lamont. Oh, yeah, those are some great players that you just named off. And, um, you know, those guys were just great to be around. Billy was my roommate in college, um, mm-hmm. tremendous, tremendous uh, person and a great player. Chuck Levy, just freak athlete. Uh, Chuck, I, I remember one time one time thinking about Chuck. They were they were timing us in 40s before, and he was running against my one of my best buddies, uh, David Lockhart, who's all track guy. So they, mm-hmm. they paired up. Those two guys were two of the faster guys on the team. And, when they said, you know, like, go, you know, to take off, Chuck slipped. He, like, his foot, like, kind of slid out from underneath him. And then he got up and ran, and the dude ran a 4-3. And I was just like, I, I quit. Right. <laughs> he, just, he was just so fast that it was just like. It's it's funny. Uh, um, Anthony Jamino obviously covered you guys uh, for a long time. Um, and he always says, he said, there were three guys that, when we were at Camp Cochise or they showed up that they just looked different to me than everybody else. And he said it was Chuck Levy. It was Chris McAllister who shows up in like combat fatigues and everyone's like, is that James McAllister's kid? And Rob Gronkowski, obviously. So that's a a pretty cool story right there. All right. Let me ask you, uh, let me ask you this. Um, Well, first of all, DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX, Throw down $5 on the Super Bowl. Your team wins. You get $280 in free plays. Lamont and I both think the Rams are going to win. Take that for what it's worth. And you know what? Uh, Lamont's a Chiefs fan. I'll, I'll tell you this. I would uh, I would love to be in your position because you guys aren't going anywhere. <laughs> Lamont. Yeah, that defense. But, yeah, I, I, I think we're going to be all right. You're, you're going to be all right. All right. Before I let you go, and, again, this is this has been an honor. This has been truly an honor to talk to you. Tell, tell us then now a little bit about how did you get into broadcasting then? Because the one thing, and again, I'm going to bring my mom up one more time. She loves your enthusiasm. And at, at least from my perspective, I think what's refreshing about listening to you and Brian is that it's like listening. There's nothing stodgy about it. It's like two, you got the, you got the play-by-play, you got the color analyst who are both just calling the game the way they see it. But watching your enthusiasm, when a guy gets a big run, how did how did the interview process go for you? How did you become interested in that? And you obviously love what you do. I do. Uh, the interesting thing about it is there was a gentleman named Les Josephson who was doing mm-hmm. color commentary for uh, for many years, um, and, and just a you know an all time great NFL player as well. Um, he, 
I, I guess they were, there was a point where um, they felt like they were going to go in a different direction. I was doing at the time, I was a media arts major in college. Okay. Uh, emphasis in sports broadcasting was my, uh, that was my, uh, my major. And, um, but I thought, I didn't know if I was, if radio was going to be the way, you know, I was going to go, if TV was going to be the way I was going to go. I didn't really know in the beginning. And, and um, just with connections, Dana, Dana Cooper is another person who still works with us right now. He would yep. used to do like the Dick Tomey show and he used to do a call-in show afterwards. He asked me, you know, a few times if I wanted to sit in. He goes, aren't you a media arts major? You know, he asked me to sit in with him on the show. And so that's when I first got my first start with radio. I would sit in and just analyze the games afterwards. Um, Dana stopped doing it. And a few years later, I think I was in real estate or something. And a gentleman by the name of Ryan Radke. Um, it was he's really, gone on to do okay. Yeah, right. He's still <laughs> talk. I, I, I laugh at him. I'm like, you're killing me. Dude. Right. Then you call the Raider games because he's the biggest Raider fan in the world. And I was listening to him call it. I said, you talk right. about, you know, landing on your feet, you know. Right. That's, that's, I'm so proud of him, too, because he's a really good friend of mine. He's big He's big time, too, for yeah, sure. Yeah, he's a, he's a stud. Yeah. Um, right. But him, Eric Tomei was another one. They both gave me an opportunity to on the radio again. And so I, I started doing the call-in shows. And, and so I just, I, I, over time, I, I think I'm probably was getting a following. People were liking my analysis of the games, things like that. And you know, one day Brian just said, hey, Lamont, I want to take you to lunch. And so I said, okay, Brian Jeffries wants to take me to lunch. I want to go. <laughs> I, I'm not <laughs> saying no to that one. So we were, we were at lunch and he, and the first time we just talked, you know, we just chatted about kind of, state of things chat, chat about football and, and i think he was just filling me out i had no idea why he wanted to take me to lunch and then after we had lunch he, he, he called me back again another time and he says hey i got an idea he says um i want to propose something to you you know he says i know you don't have a lot of experience but i wanted to see if you'd be interested in, in doing color commentary and i was like what i was like yeah of course i would so it was a lot of you know in the beginning you know he took me to his house and broke out a recorder and we watch a football game and we were doing play by play together there. I just, I was practicing and drilled me and just kind of, you know, right. prepped me that way. And then I think we called like the spring game. And after we did the spring game and they recorded it live, he was like, okay, I think you're ready. You did some good stuff there. And I was like, oh, okay. I, Cause I was complete novice at what I was doing. Right. I was and when Brian Jeffries is signing game. off on something, you're like, I'm doing something right. Yeah, and it hasn't been perfect through the years. I'll be, I'll be the first to admit. I some like Brian will be giving us call, and I'd be like, oh, jump all over his call and everything. And then after they had to be like, hey, you can't. When Brian's talking, you can't be commenting while he's talking. I was like, okay, okay, okay. So you know, it took me, you know, time to to understand, you know, kind of get the timing of things. Was like your guys' chemistry like? Because that's the other thing too. Your guys' chemistry is off the charts good. Was that was that something? Did you guys just click pretty quickly? I think I think I've all, I feel like I've always clicked with Brian because he's just a great guy, you know. Right. First of all, he's just a really great guy, and he's just a wealth of knowledge. And he's he really is is a giving person in terms of you know if you ask Brian something, he will you know he'll pour he he will pour into you you know he's, right. he's good like that, and so he was always he's been, been nothing but but helpful to me. Um, and if I need you know. If he needs to be critical and, and, and give me some, some, you know, I, I'm, I'll ask him, like, what did you think of this? And, you know, he's always just been that type of a person. And the other guys around, we were, I think we're all a team and they've always kind of helped us, you know. And over, I know, over the years, I feel like we have, I feel like we have some good chemistry now. Um, and um, I just, we both get that same energy going, get excited at the same time. And I think we both are passionate about the U of A. 
Mm-hmm. I think that that comes through in our broadcast. I, I feel like, you know, sometimes people are just doing it because it's a job. Yeah. Brian, me and Brian, like when we lose games, like we're both like really upset. <laughs> yeah, for we sure. Lose a game. Like, it, it really it takes us a while, you know, to kind of get right. over it. And, uh, or if we're having a rough season, and because we take it personal, we like I say, we're, we're all passionate about right. you know, U of A, and I, so I think that that probably comes across as well. And um, he's the consummate professional, and I just I always just do my best to try to live up to you know to, to maybe someday to be you know thought of in the same light as he is because he's just a superstar and he's a legend um, as far as U of A goes, and uh, you know, I just love it. I, like I say, I, I do it for nothing. I, I get paid to do it, but I would do it for nothing. It's so much I love it. It's it's something that I look forward to every year, and um, I just I get so much out of it. I mean, they don't understand how much I get out of it. You know, being able to still hang around the team and be able to still be a fan and and be able to you know still be involved with the program and and be able to you know you know still you know know people inside the program. It's great. It's it's awesome to feel you know to keep that that uh, that connection. So. Yeah, it's, I'm I'm living you know dream doing this, so it's 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 great to do. It's fun. The best thing I can tell you is that it certainly comes across on the radio, my man. Um, you guys are you guys are you guys are t- top notch. Um, I can't thank you enough for coming on, and I'd love to have you on again sometime a month. This is honestly, this has been this has been fantastic. I can't thank you enough, buddy. Oh, anytime, man. I like I said, you do a great job. Anytime you need me, you know how to find me. Uh, yeah. I'd be glad to come on. All right. For Lamont Lovett, I'm Mike Luke. We'll be back with you post-game show tomorrow. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.